Imagine, if you will, a museum. Just an ordinary, everyday museum. Nothing fancy. Perhaps it has a display on weaving or a collection of old cups. But what other secrets does it hold? Hmm? Hmm? Well, hmm? Hmm? Perhaps you are about to find out. The Museum of Everything! Yeah, yeah, stuffed dodo, uh, ancient sticks. Oh, hang on, what's this? It's amazing. It's almost indescribable. It's, uh... No, actually, it is indescribable. Uh... It's very, very beautiful, isn't oh. it? Gave me a shock. Yes, that happens a lot. I'm quite sinister. <laughs> I can tell from your eyes, my friend, that you yearn to understand this thing's wondrous mystery. Well, yearn is probably a bit strong. What is it? That, my friend, is the stuff that dreams are made of. What's that pile of corrugated iron next to it? That's the stuff the sheds are made of. Ah. <laughs> are you a museum guide? Do I look like I'm wearing an acrylic hat? No. No. I'm no guide, my friend, but I do know everything there is to know about that particular item. How much does it weigh? Um... <laughs> You're all right. Perhaps I don't know everything. But the thing of beauty, I see you wish to know how it came to be here. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I warn you... This story may cost you more than your time. It may cost you your very mind. Sinister, aren't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've been around the world, my friend. What do you know about the Horn of Africa? Not much. Well, he was a lovely man and not at all arrogant considering his nickname. <laughs> oh, and dangers? Oh, yes. I have faced many dangers, my friend. Many dangers. Well, yeah, sounds like it. You doubt me? No. no. You do. You doubt me, I can oh. tell. Well, let me tell you, my friend, that few have faced dangers such as I have faced in my quest for this thing before you. This wondrous thing. This indescribable thing. Well, you get the point about the mm, thing. Yeah. I remember once in Egypt, I was thrown into a pit of Nazis by some snakes. <laughs> Nazis? Why did it have to be Nazis? I hate Nazis. <laughs> Will, whoever's taken the high road, please return it immediately. <laughs> this is nice, isn't it? Yes, Daddy, I love dinosaurs. Daddy, why did dinosaurs die out? Um, well, good question. That was because, um, because... You don't know, do you? <laughs> you knew there were going to be dinosaurs here. Why didn't you prepare? Do some research. Well, he's waiting. Um, well, yes, now there are reasons which are... Come on, focus. You learnt this at school. Think, man. It was something to do with the Ice Age. Well, it was icy and... Oh, look at him. He's hanging on your every word. His little face so full of hope. Oh, come on. Think back to that biology class. There was some sort of big bang, wasn't there? And it was... bangy. It's okay if you don't know, Dad. 
No, no, I, I do, I do. Oh, look at his face. Oh, that's not even disappointment. That's contempt. I could ask Mum's new boyfriend when I get home. Oh, stab me in the heart, why don't you? Pour vinegar on the wound. OK, this is personal now. Come on, you can do this. Dinosaurs died out because... because of... Say, measles. <laughs> I can't say that. Say it. Dinosaurs died of measles. No, I'm not saying it. Daddy, you're shouting. Say it. Measles, 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 measles. Measles. Measles? Yep, dinosaurs died of measles. Come on, you, I'll buy you an ice cream. What sort do you want? Um, I'd like... What would he want me to have? <laughs> I don't want to disappoint him. This is the only quality time we have together. <laughs> Gather you round, come as near to the work surface as you can for the demonstration. I'm sorry, I'd move myself, but I've got the sleeve of my hemp poncho caught in this medieval tongue press. <laughs> my name is Bess, and I'm going to demonstrate how and what they would have eaten in the olden days. Uh, a lot of this old food is not only very tasty, it's also highly nutritious. <laughs> it's highly nutritious, it's good for you. So, who can tell me which food is more is good for you? New food or old food? Uh, modern food is infinitely better. Yes, but is it? Yes, it is. People may do before, but, you know, modern technology... Is I like the olden days food the best. It's olden, and therefore it's got healing and curative properties. <laughs> Most old stuff does. So, who knows what sort of food they might have eaten in the olden days? Uh, the Romans ate dormice, didn't they? Dormice, yes, indeed they did. Delicious and full of vitamins and natural minerals such as... Mouse. <laughs> Here we go. These ones are quite fresh. Right there. Now, no one knows how or indeed if the Romans cooked them, so let's... Mm. No, I'm guessing from that they definitely did cook them. That's not, <laughs> not nice at all. Also, that's, that's not a dormouse. That is a house mouse. You can tell. It's a bit dusty. Taste of old paper. <laughs> quite crunchy, too. I'm, I think these ones aren't ripe yet. I'm not sure. Um, mm. The olden timers, of course, were very clever at surviving against the odds, eating all sorts of things. Anyone know what this is? Listen closely. Yes, that is blackbird pie. Now, for this, you need four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie for about 40 minutes. Now, if when the pie is opened, the birds begin to sing, that is a sure indication you have undercooked it. So, I wouldn't necessarily serve that unless you know your guests really, really well. Um, undercooked poultry will go through you like a dose of salt, as I will now demonstrate. Mm, yum. But give that five minutes, and away we go. <laughs> now we come to the pièce de résistance, the best bit. Uh, who out of you lot has ever cooked a dodo? They're extinct. Yes, so even your organic butcher is unlikely to have them out of season. Uh, but I have got a lovely recipe for dodo lasagna. Don't worry if you can't get dodo. I have found that any endangered meat will do fine. As you can see, I've made this one using otter. Otter lasagna. Love Mmm. Yes, not bad. Note to the conscientious cook, save the otter first. That is a bit hairy. <laughs> if you can't find otter, use weasel and add some chilli pepper. That will make it otter. Now... <laughs> oh, 
what, I'm going to have to stop there. That raw blackbird is kicking in, and yes, I, I do need you to live. As I said, uh, I would go, but my hemp poncho is jammed pretty firmly in this medieval tongue press. Quick as you like, it's starting. Thank you. <laughs> Funny, you know, seeing it in its display case there, you'd never know it had such a history. Yeah, it is both a tragedy and a comfort to know that such a thing of value lies here, where those who scarcely care for it may gaze upon it, and those who crave it may only visit and know that it's in its rightful place. Between the disabled toilets and the phantom machine. <laughs> Legends say it was made by mad blind gods from guano and tears. Fanta? No. Oh. <laughs> a special thing there. Yeah, yeah. It was for a while the prized possession of King Henry VI, who used it to woo Margaret of Anjou. Come and see my special thing. No, Your Majesty, I will not. Well, I'll let you touch it. It's horrid. You love it. <laughs> he was a very bad man, though. Margaret of Anjou cared not for the piece and swapped it for some rare Panini collector's cards. In the Witches and Famous Witchfinders series of the 1470s, it's, it's next sighting was 400 years later, deep in the Amazon, where it was worshipped by the tribesmen of the Umtiktak tribe. Hello, you chaps. Is that thing terribly precious? Umtiktak. Yes, I thought so. I'll take that. I'm English, you see. I think you'll find it's best off in my hands. Here, read this. It's all in the brochure. What a lovely thing. Thanks ever so. It then passed into the private part of the private section of a private collector in Minsk. And there it stayed until it was lost to an eccentric millionaireess from Monte Carlo in a game of squeak, piggy, squeak. That's quite a history, this thing, eh? Oh, yes. Did you know it was once in the hands of Hermann Goering? He wore diamante gloves that matched his ball gown and brought out his piggy little eyes. Visitors are reminded to turn off their mobile phones. Almost constantly. But they never do. I'm just saying it's rude. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> I can't now. I'm in the middle of an announcement. <laughs> Shut up, Ronan, you sound like a goose. Life isn't a roller coaster. This is a roller coaster. Yes, from the people who bought you, the Widowmaker, and certain death, comes the UK's newest, longest, largest, widest, and most unfeasibly dangerous roller coaster. Dare you ride? Negligence. Let our team of untrained, drunken teenagers carelessly strap you in using broken car seat belts. Then thrill as you climb 30,000 feet into the air. Yes, this baby interferes with flight paths. Then you plunge down a rickety track loosely held together with blue tack and string. Negligence reaches an unlawfully terrifying speed of 600 miles per second with G-force strong enough to skin a camel. And if that wasn't dangerous enough, when you reach the bottom, we'll throw knives at your face. I love negligence. It's so exciting. Yes, I've just been blinded by a bit of rusty metal. What a ride! Yeah. I'm so excited, and I want to ride it. They gave me an insurance waiver, and I signed it. Woo! 
You'll never ride a better roller coaster. In fact, you'll never do anything else because you'll be dead. Dead, do you hear me? Dead. So are you, suicidally unhappily enough to ride negligence. Negligence is subject to a twice weekly safety check by blind people on drugs. Hasn't happened since 1984. All riders must be over 18 and have recently made a will. treasure does strange things to the human psyche, my friend. No one in their right mind would want to spend an evening with Jemima Khan, but the rich can't seem to get enough of her. (laughs) Normally sane people are willing to let Noel Edmonds stand near them for up to 45 minutes, just to see if there's money in a box. (laughs) No, my friend, treasure will send a man mad. Yeah, as will constant digressions. All right, no need to be sarky, my friend. Where was I? Oh, yes. Riches will send a man mad. Mad or chavvy. (laughs) There are always men willing to risk madness. Men like Jasper Gitman. Ah, now there. He really was a fat, miserable bastard. Madam, good day to you. Jasper Gitman, but you are aware of who I am, no doubt. Have you brought a donation, love? Everything we sell goes to help the sick little doggies. Uh, come now, madam. We are all men and women of the world. There is no need to play the fool with us. You are, are you not, a dealer in antiquities, items of historical interest? We sell second-hand stuff for a dog charity. Oh, uh, quite so, quite so. Which is why myself and my associate here, Mr. Luxor... Oh, give us the thing. Come on, lady, hand it over. Please, Mr. Luxor, there is no need for unpleasantness. I am sure that... Uh, your name, madam? Ethel. What an intoxicating name it is. I am sure that <laughs> Ethel is a woman of sound business sense. Ah, oh, make her give us the thing. Well, Ethel, will you appease Mr. Luxor and give us the thing? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, love. Everything in the shop's for sale. Uh, perhaps a jigsaw with the bits missing, or a dead man's suit. Oh, let me hit a boss. Oh! No, uh, Mr. Luxor, no violence, if you please. Oh. If there's any funny business, I'm calling my son. He used to be a security guard in Morrison's. Oh, I assure you, madam, there is no need for that, my dear. But perhaps further, how can I say, unpleasantness can be avoided if you just give us the thing. Cough it up, lady. Well, what thing? We've got some scratched vinyl singles, Goombe Dance Band, Melon Kim, Shalimar. All excellent musicians, I'm quite sure, with the exception of Shalimar. I have no time for them at all. Oh, we're going to make this a night. Please, Mr. Luxor. <laughs> this is not what we require. Oh, please, boss, please. Let me smash her in with the face of my shoe. All right, all right. Uh, what about a VHS box set of the Darling Buds of May with episodes two and six missing? <laughs> a single flip-flop? Some China Angels? Uh, a China Angels, you say? Is that what you're after, love? No, Ethel, what we seek. The thing, the wonderful thing. Yes, what we seek is far more precious than even these delightful China representations of cherubim and seraphim. Oh, a mug tree? No. Uh, some mismatched plates? More precious, as I say, but perhaps these items are valuable enough in themselves to exert some leverage, shall we say? Oh, kick her in the bumhole, boss. Silence, Mr. Luxor. <laughs> perhaps, Ethel, we can reach an agreement. You give us what you desire, and I do not accidentally let fall this delightful yet fragile item. I don't know what you want. You push me too far, woman. <laughs> there, madam. How much does your stubbornness cost you? 
about 30p. Excellent. I respect a woman who knows the value of things. And now... 60p. I see you will not be moved, madam. A worthy opponent indeed. Please, gents, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. This is just a doggy charity shop. Oh, very well. I know when I am beaten. Farewell, madam. Come, Mr. Luxor. We must hurry to the cancer research shop across the road. Perhaps the thing we seek is in there. Oh, wondrous thing. A good day to you, Ethel. <laughs> oh, thought they'd never leave. Right. Oh, hello, love. It's Ethel. Yes, we put the Jilly Coopers in the window, like you said. Oh, and um, the Git Man and Luxor were here. They were looking for the thing. Here, Grace, come over here. Look at this. Uh, what is it? Oh, what, what does it look like? It looks like someone stuffed a pigeon, a squirrel and a mouse and posed them as if they were playing a game of cards. Why would anyone bother to do that? Yeah, you've got to hand it to those Victorians. When it came to crazy taxidermy, they were the boys. And why is the mouse wrapped up like a baby? It's weird. Well, how do you think they feel? You're cool, squirrel. <laughs> yes, I, I, I know, um, I know. Um, pigeon, uh, sevens are wild, yes? Oh, for goodness sake, squirrel. We've been playing this hand since 1901. Will you please put a card down? Yes. Well, that's very easy for you, isn't it? You've got bendy pipe cleaners in your feet. And that amateur put too much sawdust in my paws. The damp's got to them, and I've, I've swollen up. Oh, stop complaining. It's your fault we were here in the first place. I said to you at the time, are you sure you want to play canasta in the park? I mean, what if a Victorian gentleman sees us? He's sure to have us stuffed and placed in a cage, you know. <laughs> With, I might add, quite the cheapest balsa wood furniture I have ever seen. I, I thought you'd like that, you know. Something going cheap. Going cheap? Oh, for the last time, that joke doesn't work. I'm a pigeon. I go coo. <laughs> coo. See, shush. You wake the baby. It's a dead mess. <laughs> if we weren't full of paper, sawdust and wool, you know perfectly well, I'd pull the covers off that sleeping child and eat its guts out. <laughs> oh, look what you've done now, yes? I'll pack it in. You're a bloody mouse. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Yours. Yours. And sevens a while. Oh, this is unfair. Trapped for eternity, playing a game of canasta with a tree rat and a mouse in a bonnet. Oh, stop complaining. At least you're not dressed as a baby. I'm not a baby. I'm a full-grown mouse. I was the father of, um, well, probably about a hundred or so. At least you get to play cards. That's the problem. I've got a really good hand. It's been glued to my claw since 1901. <laughs> If I could move, I'd take his money and peck his beady eyes out. Would the parents of any children visiting the museum today please take them somewhere they're likely to find interesting? Seriously, this is a museum. Are you trying to get them dissed? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the masterpiece itself, the Last Supper by the genius that is Leonardo da Vinci. Ooh. In the century, Christ himself, and to his left, his apostle John. Aham! Mary Magdalene, I think you'll find. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Mary Magdalene, or should I say, Mrs. Christ. <laughs> yeah, the truth will not be silenced. Jesus was married, Mary was his wife, and mother of his children. The sacred feminine, the holy grail, She-Ra, princess of power. 
I see we have a fan of the novel The Da Vinci Code here. Novel? Ha! You short-sighted fool! You papal puppet! It's not a novel! Yeah, it's barely even a book, to be honest. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code is a non-fiction work. It tells us that Jesus married Mary, they had a child, and then they settled in Kent. <laughs> Kent? All right, I might have got a bit confused towards the end. But the rest of it is factually bang on. And my dear chap, it's just a story. I've spent my whole life studying the works of Da Vinci, and I can assure you that it is certainly not a woman in the painting. Are you blind? She's got knockers! Oh. Hold on. Are you in the pay of Opus Dei? Get, get his trousers off. I bet he's wearing one of them studded belts round his legs. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you aren't an art historian at all, but actually... A homicidal albino monk. <laughs> like Ruth Kelly. <laughs> no, I, I am an art historian and I know my Da Vinci. The reason the figure you're talking about looks so effeminate is because, among other things, Da Vinci himself was homosexual and had a taste for pretty young men. Oh, that's right. Da Vinci was gay. Of course he was. I suppose he was there listening to erasure as he painted, was he? <laughs> poppers and wearing leather chaps. <laughs> Look, don't you see? This painting is a code. It is the key to the Holy Grail. The San Grial. San meaning blood and Grial meaning... Well, I think that might be a type of cheese, but, but <laughs> whatever. It definitely means that she is Mrs. Christ. I am sorry, you are obsessed with a badly written book. Badly written. That's what the church wants you to think. And the newspaper critics and anyone who's read it. <laughs> a cover-up. Christianity has suppressed the truth. They're all in on it. The Pope, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Alad Jones. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but the truth can only be hidden for so long. The name Leonardo da Vinci is an anagram of Leonardo Vinci da. <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah, yeah. The book is not real. It's a story. It's like uh, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. The Lion, the Witch and the Ward code, more like. Oh. <laughs> Aslan was a woman. She ran off with Mrs. Beaver. That's how Buddhism started. <laughs> you can't silence me. Look. Look again at Jesus' hand. What's that on it? A wedding ring. You just threw that on with a marker pen. <laughs> You defaced the priceless masterpiece. I've cracked the code. I've cracked the code. Right, you've had this coming. Oh, ow. You cracked my jaw. You cracked my jaw. Oh, dear. I think I'm going to have to sit down on this wooden bench. It's called a pew. Oh, that's what the church wants you to think. <laughs> So that, my friend, is how, after so much blood and time has been spilled... Uh, yeah, can you spill time? In this context, yes. Oh. <laughs> so that is how this wondrous thing came to reside in the Museum of Everything. But you haven't actually told me anything. Have I not, my friend? Have I not? No, you have not. Oh. It's nearly seven o'clock and the museum's about to close. Oh, well. Perhaps, my friend, another day. Farewell! Farewell! You're still here. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> all right, all right. Tell me, my friend, have you ever seen dusk fall on the Serengeti? Somewhere in the gathering gloom, a wild animal cries out. 
I tracked the wondrous thing down to one-eyed Arab mystics in Marrakesh. I hopped on a steamer to Singapore. Some pirates attacked. I escaped. Two years as a belly dancer in Jakarta, working men's club. I stole a lilo from some Germans. My lilo. I paddled back to England. I came here. Put the thing in a case. End of story. You happy now? End of story, you say? Yes, my friend. The thing is safe now, where it belongs. But is it safe? Is there no one who could take it? Oh, yes, but uh, he's been dead these ten years, trampled by an angry sea otter in Angola. <laughs> dead? Or merely resting? Do you not recognize me, my old friends? Perhaps this now explains the strange Liverpudlian accent. <laughs> Jasper Gitman! Quite so, quite so, the very same. Ha! You think an enraged sea otter could stop me? It was very angry. No, sir. <laughs> I escaped. Hurt, yes, but still very much in the game. Mr. Luxor, bind him if you oh, will. I've got him, boss. Curse you, Gitman. Ha, oh, many have tried, many have tried. Mr. Luxor, the glass cutters. <laughs> At last. At last, after all these years, it is within my grasp. No, Gitman, you can't understand the forces you're messing with. This thing is bigger than both of us, and considering how fat you are, that's saying something. <laughs> it's glandular. You're quite right, Mr. Luxor. <laughs> no, now, for my prize. Don't touch it, man. It will burn your soul away. Really? Mr. Luxor? Yes, boss? Remove the item. But Do it. All right. Here we go. Oh, oh, ah, ah, oh, oh. Sorry, static. <laughs> Must be the carpets. There we go, boss. Ah, oh, 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 it's mine at last. You won't get away with this, Gitman. Will I not, sir? Will I not? Luxor, take the thing out to the van. It's the green one with the honky for evil bumper sticker. Don't riddle with the radio. It's on a preset. Can I play my CD? Yes, but don't pull the seat forward. It vexes me greatly. <laughs> I relish this moment as an enthusiastic condiment junkie might relish a burger. No one can stop me now. This is an announcement for evil geniuses. Genii. Please return precious artifacts to their rightful place. Ha! As if I, Professor Gitman, will take any notice of a tannoy announcement. This is a visitor announcement. Earlier, we asked you this question. My favorite foods include mussels, crabs, and clams. My lifespan in the wild is 15 to 20 years. I have the thickest fur in the animal kingdom, and my Latin name is Enhydralutris. What am I? No, no, no! And the answer to our which angry animal have we let loose in the museum is the sea otter. Ah, my carnivorous nemesis! Foil again, Professor! Curse you all! But I shall return. The world shall hear from me again. Perhaps next Thursday I'll check my diary and get back yeah, to you. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah. Now let's move along here, please. Museum is now closing. Come on, you too, sinister man. Just going, my friend. Or you get all sorts up this end of the fabled artifacts display. You should see the number of burnt Nazi uniforms I have to clear up around the Ark of the Covenant soft play area. <laughs> Here, I've always wanted to know, what's that thing? In there, that? Yeah. Well, it's a thing of great wonder, isn't it? It's a thing that has set men's minds whirling, a thing of confusion and mystery. Yeah, but what is it? I don't know, the label fell off. <laughs> That was 
was the Museum of Everything, written and performed by Marcus Bridstock, Danny Robbins and Dan Tetzel with Lucy Montgomery. Original music by Dominic Haslam and Ben Walker. The producer was Alex Walsh-Taylor.